Okay. Here we are. Here we are. So. <laughs> so this is Brown Burndown. Brown Burndown. The Brown The Brown What a year. What a year. Happy 2021, Rav. Finally, at last. <laughs> New year, same problems, at though. Last. Yeah, New Year, same problems, but it's looking up because, can we say this? Well, just Rav's say has it. the vaccine. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> so true. I was like, what? I guess there's a lot of things that are looking up. Just Not just the vaccine, which is very, very exciting, but... We have, like, this is, like, our victory part three episode because yeah. we're, like, 14 days away from Biden and Harris being sworn into office. It looks like we're going to have a blue Senate and a blue house. <laughs> That's so, so crazy. The second you said blue, my microphone, our microphones dance different colors, and it just, like, the second you said blue, it turned, it turned like, blue. bright blue. It's yeah, a it sign. Like, I'm all in. <laughs> it's a sign. But also, as we record in real time, like, the Capitol has been stormed and there are armed protesters and armed policemen and honestly, we don't know because we're recording this right now and haven't been watching it, but um, it's yeah, a mess. Is, this is, like, an active coup happening right now in the U.S. Capitol. Um, are we surprised? No. But I am a little surprised that it's, like, this successful. Yeah, we're honestly, it's more of a failure of police, I feel like, and National Guard. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It's crazy, but it's also maybe a fitting end to this presidency because yeah. Republicans have been pretending that this was not their party for four years now, that, like, oh, there are, like, fringe members of the left and right. right. Like, it's not a blah, blah, blah. No, this is your party. This is how this your party's is, going this out. Is this is how your party's you losing yeah. power in the Senate and the presidency and the House. Exactly. Here you go. So, <sighs> well, anyway, we're here we are. We're surviving. We're, we're surviving. Sur- kind of. Um, <laughs> but Raps is a vaccine, which means that things are things looking are looking up. up. Things are looking up for sure. And hopefully this year will be better than the last. Um, so we're so excited to be back. This is the third year no this is the fourth year of podcasting fourth calendar year of podcasting yeah oh my god right am i wrong that's crazy you're right 27 we started started 2018 oh yeah 2018 sorry this is our third yeah it's a little bit this podcast (laughs) is about two years old but now we're in our fourth calendar year of podcasting and how crazy uh we're so excited to be back and we have a great episode for you guys. Um, we have a lot to go over. I feel like a lot has happened since our last episode, which our last episode was right after the election, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to like, I guess because our podcast crosses these three things, we're going to split our episode accordingly. We are going to do some, we just did kind of some immediate reactions to the craziness of politics right now. Um, and then we're going to dive a little bit into some, some, some brown stuff with our, with our classic Nick Bianca. And this is a really a pop culture heavy episode. We're going to talk yeah. about Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman. we're going to talk about Hilaria Baldwin. Yeah. And let's get started. Let's do it.
also happening right now that we have not mentioned yet is that yesterday was the day of the Senate runoff election. And Mm -hmm. um, it actually, I guess I did allude to it. Sorry. But it looks like things are looking up. And we're going to have two Democratic senators coming from Georgia, which is super exciting. And the reason we want to talk about it, not only because we're super excited and thrilled about it, but it just speaks so much to the level of voter suppression that has just been pervasive and ongoing for really our whole lives, especially in the South. And this seems like a small, or not small, a very large moment of change in regards to that. And so we just want to thank all the activists and organizers who helped get people to the polls and help register, especially the black population in Georgia that has been historically suppressed and demarginalized and really not had the access to even go to the ballot um, and be registered to vote. So that's a huge change. It's like a very promising sign for bigger things to come in the future. Yeah, and it's just especially exciting that this is happening in a pandemic year where we expected that suppression would be um, suppressed, or sorry, that turnout would be suppressed. Right. Um, But instead, we've just been seeing these record numbers of people who are um, fighting for our democracy, and it's really incredible and also shows. um, There was a tweet. I can't remember who tweeted it. I'll find it. But basically um saying like can we just acknowledge that there are actually no red states there are just suppressed states where black people are not able to vote because there's a gigantic black population in the south as a result of our legacy of slavery that obviously needs to change is obviously a clear version of racism um and this is an exciting model anyway all that to say good things happening uh, on the less good things happening side of the world, the vaccine, or sorry, the, the virus still exists, but we have vaccines. Has the rollout been equitable? No. Q-T-N-A. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking no. <laughs> so here we are, another hot mess for <laughs> the next set the of books. politicians to inherit. So... For some reason, I think like everyone has been talking about how like getting celebrities to take the vaccine on air or like politicians taking the vaccine on air is a great way to increase usage of the vaccine because obviously like the 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 Trumpier people have um, professed skepticism for stupid reasons and uh, marginalized communities, especially black communities, have expressed skepticism for historical reasons, which are far more justified in my opinion um right given like tuskegee and the kind of things that have been done to black people in the name of science so the idea is that like politicians can take them on air and celebrities can take them in air and then everyone will be like oh my god kim kardashian took it i'm gonna take it tars and i don't agree <laughs> no no mm. not at all i want to see some numbers on influencers yeah. like i want to know how much you care if If Kim Kardashian buys a lip gloss, I can see why you would buy it because Kim Kardashian is known for her looks. And if you want to look like Kim Kardashian and she's promoting a lip gloss that she claims to use, I can see why you would buy it. Like under, yeah. Hence the like Kylie lip kit thing. Like I get it. I get that. That makes sense to me. Having opinions on anything else, I don't think (laughs) 
checks out. Like Nancy Pelosi is my representative. Do I think that her getting it is going to make me more or less likely to get it? Absolutely not. Absolutely it not. It has nothing to do with my decision. No. Ironic part was when these politicians who like literally have yeah. spent months spewing just falsehoods and vaccine, not vaccine, COVID conspiracy theories are like, yep, sign me up for the vaccine. Like, I'll be first in line. How can you be vaccinated for something you don't believe exists? That's not, like, it's so, I can't even with the Republican Party. It's just so yeah. selfish. But I agree me. with you. I think that maybe the, like, anti-vax camp is more in line with the pro-Trump camp and seeing some of these idiots get the vaccine might help these people feel like it's actually necessary but it is also interesting the like celebrity anti-vax crossover because like jim carrey mm. was playing biden on snl oh, that's so but true. he's an anti-vaxxer is jim carrey also anti-vax or was that just his ex-wife jenny mccarthy i thought they were both saying like autism you're was so right he, he went to one of the like rallies the autism like vaccine autism rallies yeah, it, which is crazy. It's also crazy that they both still have platforms. Like, she's on The Masked Singer. She's, like, one of the judges. Like, they both yeah, still that's have... Yeah, despite being anti-vax. Who would take the vaccine that you would trust? Like, if you saw someone getting the vaccine on TV, that would make you be like, okay, like, I'm going to get this. Roger Federer. <laughs> I have to think twice about it. <laughs> no, okay, okay, okay right, fine. Amazing. Fine. Send it to him. <laughs> Um, I will say this. Okay, so there is the the Pfizer vaccine, which I think Pfizer, for no reason, the data on both the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines are, like, very comparable. But for some reason, like, Pfizer just has this, like, it has the name recognition. Like, everybody knows what Pfizer is. So I feel like it was a more trustworthy vaccine just based on the name. But seeing Fauci get the Moderna vaccine made Mm. me feel like, okay, like, this is... Mm. From a non like scientific person, from a purely emotional perspective, mm. I was like, if Fauci yeah. is getting the Moderna vaccine, I feel comfortable taking it. I feel comfortable having my family members take that vaccine. Yeah. So maybe there is like something being said in like trusted scientific officials or like like scientists or doctors getting the vaccine and like instilling public confidence, and then Trump getting the vaccine and instilling confidence in his base. The word, so let's we're doing lingering thoughts. Um, we're gonna do kind of an abridged segment episode today, but we're we're gonna do lingering thoughts. Um, it's not related to anything. We've never talked about her before. I don't even think we really talked about Alec Baldwin, but it's Hilarious. So we're gonna talk about it. Anyway. It's very <laughs> on brand for our podcast. Okay. I think we've talked about Rachel Dolezal, and I think it's sort of related. Yeah, yeah, sort of related. Um, so I'm sure you've all heard about this. It's kind of old news by now, but it's still amazing. So Hillary Hayward Thomas, who grew up in Massachusetts, uh, but her parents were rich and they had a vacation home in Spain so she went to Spain sometimes but refuses to say how often she went to Spain yeah also like lied about how like she's like said multiple stories about it okay continue we like yeah okay sure she claims that she in many interviews said that she came to this country being the U.S. when she was 19 to attend NYU and Spain is her hometown she speaks with a very heavy Spanish accent um and like dyes her hair her blonde hair like dark brown brown. blonde hair dark brown um uh speak like forgot the word for cucumber allegedly on air like just has 
uh, was on the like in magazine Ola many many times representing Latino women like has given a ton of interviews about how she brings Latina culture into her home like how her Latina heritage is so important to her um and like how her family is all Spanish like blah blah blah, blah. all this stuff um and then it turns out her name is Hillary Hayward Thomas she was born in Massachusetts she was not born in Spain even though her CAA profile says she was born in Spain which is the profile you write yourself yeah she she was her creative arts agent like her agent's profile of her speaking or I think it was CAA was her speaking engagements profile said she was born in Spain um she was born in Massachusetts she went to like a bougie private school in Massachusetts her parents were very wealthy like a they're doctors, right? Affiliated mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Um, MassGen or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, like vacationed in Spain sometimes and then uh, just adopted this identity. She went to NYU too. Like, she didn't even yeah. go to Spain, like school in Spain. She went to NYU. Um, and the like, there's a lot of hypotheses for why she did this. One is like she just like, she was caught in a lie where she was like, yeah. Alec Baldwin met her at a... Spanish restaurant or Argentinian <laughs> restaurant she was speaking Spanish to a friend and he was like I must know this woman and he thought she was like this like like sexy Spanish, Spanish speaker yeah, yeah yeah the other thing is just she just really wanted to be more exotic and she was just kind of a boring white girl and like needed something like that she felt like gave her an edge so she like crafted this whole persona but she did not have this for like her whole life growing up until she was in her mid-20s she like crafted this persona I think that for me this story is one really funny but people are also really angry about it and part of it is like for me the accent thing like I think like it's always problematic when people have a ton of like Indian art in their home and they're just like I just love India like I travel all the time I just like I love it so much it's so like zen it's so like spiritual like right like Amelia Clark Amelia Clark remember she did that yeah went to India and was like ugh. Like, the smells, the sights, like, I'm a changed woman. Yeah, okay, get out of here. Get out of here. So that's annoying. This accent is entirely performative, and those of us who actually did grow up in, like, dual language households or, like, had parents who were actually from a different place and spent a lot of time in another place spend so much time erasing that out of our accents and erasing it out of our culture, out of our, like, I don't even know what the word is, but basically how we present in right, America, yeah. creating them. Just and that's straight up Not okay. I will add, I and I think, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I'm sure some of our listeners have. Like, for me, my accent, depending on when I'm speaking Marathi versus English versus whether I'm speaking to my parents in English, like my Marathi-speaking parents in English, it does have like there's some like degree of like subconscious change that happens for me but that it's not an active choice number one and number two I think it like just speaks to the amount of like cultural conflict that we grew up with of like trying to realize like okay now I'm at home so I need to speak like this so that like I fit in here now I'm at school I need to speak like this so that I fit in here rather than just using an entire culture as a prop to like seem more exotic like, yeah. it's extremely insulting. Did you see? I think it was, like, the last thing she posted on the matter. She was like, yeah, we need to support immigrants. <laughs> and it just became, like, super pro-immigration. Like, 
don't hate other cultures. Like, love is the only thing we have. Oh, my no. God. I truly don't think she knows that she is wrong. But the other thing is, like, I think probably she just, like, lied at one point and claimed to be born in Spain, and then it just kind of spiraled. That's Spiral. what Weekly's hypothesis was. She just, just, like, spiraled out of control, and she, like, couldn't keep... But... She also has really problematic things about, like, namaste. Like, she's a yoga instructor. Oh, yeah, instructor. yoga instructor. So she's got all that. She's, like, got a history of appropriation. Yeah, yeah. It, it all adds up. Yeah. This is this is such a good topic for her podcast. It came at the perfect time. Thank you, Hilaria. Thank you, Or should Hilaria. I say Hillary? Hillary Hayward. <laughs> should we move on to our next one, in that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Tars, you, Tars has been on top of the pop culture scene. All of these points are from Tars' discovery on Twitter slash um, the news. And so um, the next lingering thought that we have is actually about Hasan Minaj, which I don't think this is getting like Raps that much. favorite. I know. Well, actually, <laughs> from our last episode, you may remember, I... You soured on him. I did sour on him. And now he's dead to me. So, <laughs> um, well, so basically, I don't think this is getting that much buzz. And I think, I think the only reason you saw it was on Twitter, right? Is that correct? I don't remember. Yeah, there was like some... Oh, no, someone mentioned it to me. They were like, oh, but he's been canceled recently. And I was like, oh, really? I didn't hear about that. And then I Googled it. Yeah. So, like, it really has not been getting buzz. It's not getting buzz, but it's... I think, my, and, I think A-Dog said that. Well, so the, okay, so essentially there are a, there's a pool of allegations now that Hasan Minaj created an extremely toxic workplace um, environment at the, what was this show called? The Patriot Act. Um, A couple of female writers, female brown writers from the show had tweeted back in like September or October how working for him and his production staff made them spiral into really deep depression um it made them question their self-worth they didn't feel valued they didn't feel like their work was was worthwhile um that they were like excluded from important conversations that happened um that there weren't like efforts made to advance the voices of women or include more women in these important conversations um just like really i guess like none of that is specific in like he did xyz but like generally speaking these are all like very bad things um this this writer had writer for the show tweeted about it back in october i guess those tweets just like sat there for a while but it got picked up in in um some online newspaper and it just goes to show that what tars had been saying (laughs) that Hasan Minaj, toxic is the, brown like, guys. Sp- yeah, exactly. He's the specific breed of brown guy that is bad. <laughs> one of the bros, kind of in a yeah. frat, like has like like plays basketball. You know, like is just like one of the bros, but then also pulls at this mantle of like oppression that's really real and gets to be outraged but also accepted for it. Yeah, I just I don't think there's anything wrong with that inherently, but I think those men are often um, leave out women. Um, yeah. Because they do benefit from the system too, and they're able to like, there is an amount of male privilege that comes with that, um, and so the. I don't know. Good, good radar, Tars. Good, mm-hmm. good catch. Good catch. Um, yeah, don't pretend to be woke if you're not. I mean, his show is canceled now. Like TBD on whether this is gonna have 
any ramifications in his next career move. Um, probably not. Probably not because, as we've seen, men can get away with a lot. Um, okay, should we move on to Nick Yonka? Favorite segment, yes, yeah. Nick Yonka. What is it, 2K21? New hashtag, guys. Nick, hashtag Nick Yonka watch 2K21. You heard it here first. <laughs> it probably will only hear it here, but maybe Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Um, yeah, so they're still together, thriving, celebrated their two-year Annie. And Just like us doing better than they ever have they are in london and have been very 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 um present on social media about their travels priyanka has been like all over the world let's be real not, not just london like yeah, she's seriously. like straight up like on vacay she's <laughs> between like filming for a movie and like doing spawn con for some like bag company She's been between oh, yeah. Brussels, like, Berlin, and London in the last three months. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, it feels like it's no. been three. It may be more than three months, but she's been everywhere. But She was out and about when the pandemic was, like, like before everyone, everyone was being was stupid like, about yeah, it. Like, yeah, when people exactly. were still being safe. Yeah, TBT, she was, like, she was not. London. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're still in London, and, like, London's in a full, like, federal lockdown. lockdown yeah there's the super strain is out of control there despite the lockdown like cases are still soaring there and they're like taking pictures on the street without masks so that's like not great um especially as as a person with asthma she should know better yeah <laughs> priyanka girl you're smoking wore, you're yeah, smoking lighting fireworks and my mom would Lesson probably learned. say, Nick has type 1 diabetes, so yes. I should know better, too. I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Was your life really that... Okay, maybe their lives were really fun before. But, like, is it worth... Like, like potentially getting dying? Getting COVID and being... Yeah! The hospitals are overrun. Like, um, other update about Priyanka is that she was in that superhero movie... The Shark Boy and Lava Girl sequel that nobody asked for, but we got nonetheless. But it's funny because that movie, there were two leads, and I was like, I think it was like a little after our time, but the people are our age. It was Taylor Lautner and Taylor Dooley. Yeah. Who were the, like, leads. The, the, and Taylor Lautner went places because of Twilight, and Taylor Dooley did not. Anyway, but they couldn't get Taylor Lautner for it for some reason. But somehow they got, like, Priyanka and Pedro Pascal, which doesn't make any sense to it me. makes zero sense. Like, <laughs> literally zero sense. Have you... Okay, have we talked about Dil Hrekne, though? Have you watched it yet? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, I rewatched it, like, two weeks ago. And she is such a good actress in it. She's so good. And the part is, like, it's such a good... And it's, like, I think she's just a better actress in, in Hindi. Like, I know mm-hmm. she's capable of it. But I think it's just, like, her desire to be someone big in yeah. this space has, like, tampered I- with her ability and her talent. So, I also feel like she puts on an accent a little yeah, bit. When yeah, she's yeah, definitely. In she's English. like reverse Hilaria Baldwin. Reverse Hilaria Baldwin, yeah. Which I have a lot of sympathy for. Like that I get. Yeah. I definitely, like, my parents have white people voices too. I, it's um, like kind of what we were talking about earlier. Like, 
that says more like cultural conflict like you're trying to yeah. fit in not like I'm trying to be exotic yeah I think the like byproduct of that is it's she doesn't quite have it down and so everything no. she says sounds a little fake um unless she's in like a really campy movie like actually yeah. I think she's really good in uh what was it Baywatch, Baywatch because it's like a really campy role yes, of like exactly, exaggerated exactly. It's like villain such a trash yeah she was actually pretty good in it you're so right yeah, because she, like, her, like, her whole, the persona she puts on is really campy, generally. Um, whereas in Hindi, she, f- she just seems a lot more comfortable, like, in her skin. In her, she's yeah, in exactly. Okay, so let's close it out with our main segment. Um, so, you may have forgotten, because, like, seven million things happened since then. But Wonder Woman 1984 came out on Christmas. And yeah. a lot of people watched it per HBO Max's uh, numbers that they released. Like, of surprising Like, a lot of people, it. yeah. And it was okay. I don't know. I didn't, like, love it as a superhero movie independent of what we're going to talk about. Because I just feel like it was a little bit messy plot-wise. Yeah, totally. This is the big, like, for me and Rabs, I think, mm-hmm. example of why, like, diversity isn't enough. Like, you can't yeah. just... And it's not even like you can't slop in a bunch of supporting characters and give them no lines and call it diversity. But even if you have like actual roles for diverse characters, that's not enough. You have to do your due diligence. The characters need to be believable or else it's not representation. Wonder Woman failed miserably on that account. It's so bad. Yes, exactly. On that front especially, it failed. It was not thoughtful at all. Which is surprising because it was the first female-led superhero movie that did really well. And the first mm-hmm. one was was really good. Like, it was yeah. like, it was a lot about what it feels like to be a, a woman kind of, like, high level in a man's world. And, like, how it looks to feel like there's, to, to feel power and see a powerful woman. Um, in a really exciting way, in a genre that had not really done that for women, in a way that wasn't Scarlett Johansson just, like, sexy and mysterious, but was, like, yeah, or, like, already an assassin, but here, like, she was vulnerable, she was figuring herself out and learning of her own power, basically, in a way that was, like, actually really, I mean, I cried, I don't know if you cried, but, like, I watched it twice in the theater, like, it was that good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. But this one like I think was because they'd already done that story I think they didn't have that tanker the movie on they didn't have any um amazing plot to anchor us on either so they did two things that were really woof that I think they wanted to cement themselves as like woke or like like give us an idea that they were foraying into the right, diversity yeah. thing and that was the story that they were going to play um and the main one I think that they probably did way more intentionally was Pedro Pascal's backstory the like villain's backstory so spoilers if you haven't seen Wonder Woman um 1984 and maybe don't stop see it is what I will pre <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't waste your time or money on HBO Max yeah um but the backstory for him ends up being essentially that he was like an immigrant and he was bullied for being an immigrant and sounding different growing up and that's why he became evil out of this need to like fit in and prove himself and be successful 
which again is like a real thing that immigrants feel that you have co-opted in a really like three segment it's not interspersed throughout the movie at all it's like a three segment like really choppily done like backstory scene yeah real. I, I don't know what the words are yeah but like super toppy, like, oh, he was bullied as an immigrant. Let's feel some sympathy for him. But the fact that he became a villain because of it, I don't know what they were saying about immigrants. Just, I also like, it wasn't done thoughtfully at all. There was no nuance to his character. It, it just turned out he was like a good dad at the end. I don't, like, it just felt so exploitative of that, like, idea without having actually explored it at all. Right, yeah. It was like, let's make this an immigrant story like let's make this I don't know I thought the whole movie was like like this is a huge part of it like you're saying the villain backstory it was just cheapening something that could have been made into a very thoughtful like well done story into just yeah. like uh oh yeah like this is our token immigrant story then like Wonder Woman has like a line where she's like oh I hate guns okay like there's like the token <laughs> like we don't like yeah. gun statement then there's like Wonder Woman with a bunch of like poor Middle Eastern children. Like, there's our token representation from, like, these poor people. I don't know. It's just, like, it felt like she was just trying to incorporate, incorporate, like, tokens of wokeness that didn't add up to anything substantial. Yeah, exactly. It felt like it was written by a machine. Like, they had an algorithm that, like, popped up. Like, okay, you need, like, a gun thing. You need, like, a Middle Eastern thing. You need, like, a blah-da-da. And just, like, throw it in wherever you can rather than any of those things being done thoughtfully. And I think the point of diversity is, like, you don't need all those things. Like, under no circumstances do you need to um, check every single box for it to be a likable movie. No one's expecting that of you. But if you're going to do it, do it well. Like, pick one and focus on it, you know? Like, we suspend, especially in things like superhero movies, which we've talked about before, is, like, you're suspending your belief. No one wants this to be a believable, like, like, we don't, we're not upset that there are guns in this. I mean, maybe some people are, but, like, we get that that's what this genre is, and we suspend our feelings about guns for the duration of this movie. Either don't comment on it or make it a whole thing. Make it a thing anti-guns. Right, exactly. Getting rid of them. I hate guns. Like, what? I thought the first movie did a better anti-gun thing when they were like, ugh, guns, like, how primitive, or something like that. And they, like, yeah. they, like, emphasized it a little bit more. This was just, like, her making the, probably in the theater, like, that would have gotten some claps, and then, like, yeah. that would have been it. That's the other thing. I read a lot of stuff about how this movie really suffered from not being in theaters, because there were a lot of moments where you were supposed to be, like, clapping like yeah woo that I think maybe I would have cared about a lot more if there was an audience with me but like it was just like my parents being like this is dumb so So they did they did let's talk about the Baba Jew scene I think it was Baba Jew it was something vaguely South Asian played by Ravi Patel who's great usually who's great yes and for some reason, he had dreads in this scene. For some reason, his name was Baba Jew. Or. Yeah, Baba Jeed. B A B A J I D E. But Kristen Wig and Gal Gadot definitely did not pronounce it correctly. Um, it's a Nigerian name. So, like, that's also double woof. <laughs> um, did not understand the role. Ravi Patel's, like, kind of a, not, he, I wouldn't say he's A-list or B-list even, but, like, he is, 
a respectable actor and like he for him to like be cast in this movie i think is kind of a big deal but then that's yeah. that whole scene was just it didn't make it i don't know what it, what point it served again it felt like another box for them to check and be like oh look we cast a brown man in this movie was he the only brown man in the movie yeah. Um, I think he was. Okay, so he was the only South Asian South Asian that's person for sure. in this movie. But one of the two craziest thing. One of two non men. And the craziest thing is that they like you can't like this is what we joke about. You can't throw a South Asian man playing a Mayan, which is a South American should be a South American person, <laughs> a Mayan named Babajid, which is a Nigerian <laughs> name. With, like, Rastafarian dreads. Like, what? Who approved this? Yeah, this who is approved like, this? Certainly not Ravi Patel. Like, where was he in that? Like, I don't think His he... whole thing is about diversity yeah. and, like... No, it's very bad. It was very bad. what was going on there. It was extremely bad. Um, I, yeah, I just genuinely have... I have no words because I don't know how... This movie it was. It took her a long time to make this movie, right? What's her name, Patty Jenkins? Yeah. Well, she like, also had a lot of extra time because it was had, supposed to come out in May. Yeah, exactly. Like that scene could have entirely been cut out, and it would have made. It could no have difference. been cut, or just like make, make him a South Asian it, shaman yes. or something. Like exactly. it's not that hard. This is nonsense. This is yeah, exactly. There were ways to at make least that. change his name. Like, come on. Yeah. It was. It, I mean, it felt very in line with Marvel's, like, appropriation of Eastern mysticism yeah. with the whole Doctor Strange stuff. Like, it's, like, this is on brand, but, like, Can you this not? is a movie that should not be existing in 2021. Like, you know, like, this, yeah. we're beyond this, and it's annoying when, like, actually a movie that was representative yeah. for a lot of people initially has kind of let us down again. Exactly. Um, um, the Middle Eastern children... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Okay, that. this is my like general problem with like a lot of action movies. Um, is just like when the set and the location moves away from like the Western world to some foreign place. The yellow filter. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like let's just put a yellow filter on it, and then suddenly like we're in some like worn, torn desert in the middle of nowhere. And that, I mean, this is, like, this is not the only movie that does this. This is pervasive through hundreds of movies, yes. not thousands. And it's just disappointing to see th- them use that trope yet again. Use that trope again, especially when your star, Gal Gadot, is, is, is very vocally <laughs> anti-Palestine. Yeah. And it's, there's, like, a specific anecdote of, like, oh, God, I can't remember the... the let me try and look it up. But basically there was, in one of the crises in Gaza, two uh, Palestinian children were killed playing soccer by a rocket, I'm pretty sure. And these kids are playing soccer and she saves them. And Gal Gadot had expressed her like support of that action when it had happened in real time, of support of Israel. And like this felt really tone deaf like she's a real person and has really problematic views and we're just gonna let that slide I guess um yeah that's no that's so so tone deaf it's so tone deaf it's tone deaf it's exploitative and it's like 
come on. Like, and then the whole, like, oil chic thing was weird. Like, it just, the whole movie felt like a big caricature of something where due diligence was not done. Um, Which, again, I think actually is what all superhero movies are. We just had been expecting more from this because we thought we were moving in a positive direction and everyone was, like, making so much fun of Avengers for that women scene of, like, all the ladies or whatever that weird thing was. Um, And I don't know. I guess I thought that she would have learned and I expected more from it. Yeah, I agree with you. So, the lesson is, like, diversity is important, but, I don't know, sorry, what were you going to say? No, 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 I was going to say, like, I think we kind of talked about it, just, like, how the Avengers women thing at the end, like, felt very similar to this. Yeah. They were, like, in the same vein, very much in the same vein. Especially the villain reveal, where, like, you could tell they wanted us to feel, like, something, like, deeply, but when you saw it, you were, like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. So, this is not the movie I'd watch if you want to see a well-done production that values diversity and good storytelling. It's the bottom line. This is not it. Um, And it's another example of do better. Because, like, really? Who approved this in 2021? Or 2020, whenever this was approved? Like, come on. Come on. Yeah, I agree. I think that's Um, it, right? I think that's it. Do we have a hot take? Ooh. Um. This is not, it's not a hot take. It's one that we've already done. It's about Great British Bake Off. (laughs) Okay. Do it, do it. Should I do it? Okay. Do it, do it. Is that Jaggery? It's okay. Yes. Okay. She's like kind of going viral on TikTok. I know this. No, I didn't. I don't know this TikTok. Um, one of our most loyal listeners, her Ange. Ange, her little sister, made a TikTok, which is in line with what we've talked about on the show before about the Great British Bake Off contestants discovering exotic South Asian ingredients, <laughs> exotic in quotes, like jaggery, and like making a big fuss over it. And basically, her TikTok is like she goes into she's like watching GBBO and. They're like, oh, I discovered Jaggery in this little boutique in Notting Hill. And, like, ever since then, I've incorporated in all, to, in all my bakes. And, like, she's, like, rolling her eyes. And then she, like, goes into her family's pantry and is, like, Jaggery. Like, every Indian household. <laughs> like, this is, this is just, like, the standard. Anyways, the Great British Bake Off, like, in that same vein, just keeps, like, appropriating cultures without knowing what these cultures are. They did, like, a whole episode on Japanese Week. And oh, none God. of the bakes were, like, Japanese. They were, like, vaguely East Asian. Like, Bao <laughs> is not specific only to Japan. Bao is... No. Yeah, exactly. Like, definitely it's not only in Japan. So don't call it Japanese week. And then, secondly, if you've run out of ideas of things to bake, like, don't use that as an opportunity to, like, appropriate new culture. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I just like the, I think that the writers for the Great British Bake Off are probably just like sitting in the room. They're probably all white. I'm just guessing. And they're like, like what's a fun new like, exotic thing we can make today? Well, the Brits love colonialism. You know they love it. Like yeah. that's like the default. Let's like pick another country and you know steal their stuff and reduce them to a steamed bun. Yeah. 
don't do it, guys. <laughs> just do it. Sorry. It's a longer hot take than we like to do usually, but I just want to reinstate take. the point. And go watch that TikTok. Yeah. Okay, guys, right. that's our episode. Well, we're going to go see what's happening with the storming of the Capitol. Yeah, actually, I'm very scared to check the news. <laughs> but, okay, it's been so good to be back, guys. As always, email us your thoughts at thebrownburndown at gmail.com. Tweet at us. Follow us on Instagram. Which, by the way, our Instagram, we've picked up, like, a few new followers just in the last 24 hours. I don't know why. Oh, really? Yeah, I noticed great. that today. I was like, oh, great. So keep coming, guys. Keep following us. Um, and we'll hopefully have a new episode for you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.